welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Bridgerton on Netflix. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Julian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. This week, we'll be diving back into Bridgerton, episode seven of season two. Before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've both been watching recently, because there's this really great show on Netflix that you should all know about. We love, we've watched it very quickly, and you should all watch it too. It's very easy to get through. It's called Heartstopper. It's a very cute series based on a popular graphic novel. The creator of the graphic novel is also the creator and the writer of the show. Her name is Alice Oseman. It sort of mainly centers around this young high school boy, Charlie, who is gay and he's been out for about a year or so, but he thinks he's like one of the only or very few gay guys in his class at this all boys school. And he's sort of hooking up with this guy who's very much in the closet and, and is very, like rude to him about it. Charlie sort of ends up falling for this golden retriever boy <laughs> named Nick. And Nick is sort of coming to terms with his sexuality and his feeling as well. And they have a really great friend group where there's also like really great romance and friendship dynamics. And it's just like a very sweet, very cute coming of age and falling in love. It's such a cute show. I'm not familiar with the graphic novels, but I really love style wise how they incorporate elements of that so you have like pieces of like animation throughout the whole show but not in an annoying way used mm-hmm. in a very like deliberate way to highlight certain feelings or certain emotions between people but also i think we were texting about this but like even the way they show text messages or the way they're talking over social media is really unique and seeing you know the text bubbles pop up disappear pop up disappear those little things are really fun to see because i feel like sometimes it can feel like oh i'm just staring at a someone else's screen they do it in a really unique way it's very engaging i will say in the texting social media way it reminded me a lot of the movie eighth grade the one that Mm. was written by written and directed by bo burnham just because you're watching these kids how they see themselves and how they see other people the identity of it is a really really big part of the show there's a lot of perspective it's like very tender and very sweet aesthetically it does do a lot of nods to the fact that this is based on a graphic novel because whenever two characters are like looking at each other in a certain way there's like flowers and butterflies and stars that appear as like drawings and it's it's really cute yeah a fun fact is that the same um cinematographer who filmed we are lady parts also filmed this so it looks really cool and that's (laughs) that's a fun thing it is very cool. I love the sort of, you know, magical realism perspective that was in both of these shows and something that mattered a lot more to me than it did to you, but I still texted you about it is the kid who played 12-year-old Elton John in the movie Rocket Man is Nick, because I was looking at him and I was like, I've seen this face somewhere before. <laughs> now he's a very handsome young man. And I'm like, oh, good for you, Kit Connor. <laughs> I still have a big crush on Taryn Edgerton. Mm. Taryn, if you're listening, I just want you to know. Um, I still we'll love you. Him. We'll tag him. <laughs> All these young actors have like so many followers on Instagram now. So clearly the show is very popular. It got renewed for two more seasons on Netflix. So all the more reason to check it out. Thumbs up from us. Go watch Heartstopper. 
let's dive right into Bridgerton. So on the last episode, Edwina and Anthony were supposed to have the wedding of the season, but Kate and Anthony's true feelings for each other got in the way. We're left with a broken engagement and Edwina's broken heart, although she is the one who called off the wedding. Kate and Anthony kissed for the first time, and this episode is largely the fallout from the huge scandalous implosion from the last episode of calling off the wedding. We're in strategy mode. There's no time to sit around and be sad. We need to chop chop. It's time to give people what they want to hear. People want answers. Yeah. So really, we open up on the two separate families of figuring out what they're going to do. seems like it's been a couple of days because Anthony hasn't shaved and you can see like a, a tiny bit of stubble, which like is a huge deal because he's usually always so clean shaven. Both families decide that they need to go out and promenade because they're not just going to stay shut in the house all day and try to hide from it. They want to both face it head on and prove to society that they're not going to hide, that there is no scandal to be talked of. So they want to get out there before anyone else creates the story for them which is very smart separately they have decided to go and promenade but no one no one is saying hi to them they're not even getting hellos back they be careful lady eaton oh lord horn lord Cho. It's very embarrassing, honestly. It would be like if I was like, hi, Yolanda. And I just looked away. But imagine like everyone you see that day does the same thing to you. So not fun. Clearly, Lady Danbury, Lady Mary, and Lady Bridgerton all get together and they're like, okay, this cannot be the way things are for us. What if we throw a ball to show family unity? That'll prove it. That'll prove everything and show that, you know, there's nothing wrong because they have not come forward with a reason as far as why the wedding ended. Everyone is just filling in the gaps. They're like, is there something wrong with Edwina? There's something wrong with Anthony. What scandal happened between them? What scandal is going to come out soon? Because they don't have a real reason yet, the scandal is going to be present for the time being. Personally, I don't understand people just ignoring the Bridgerton Sharmas. If I were a member of the Tonte, I would be chomping at the bit to know. <laughs> I mean, you and I, when we see scandals happen in real life, we are back to the drawing board, our little like invisible serial killer board of like red strings drawing conclusions. Like I would be begging to know what happened. Why did this all go south? Why was this so dramatic? I, w I would not be ignoring anyone. Yeah, there is something to being associated with someone in that time of like, someone attached to scandal because again no one knows and you don't want to associate yourself with someone when it could be something very dramatic and so i think everyone's taking their own precautions in their own unique way of not wanting to be associated with them both families have been canceled basically for yeah. the time being there are several meetings of the mind in this whole episode between the Sharmas and the Bridgertons and Lady Danbury. You know, it's not like Kate and Anthony are trying to get together now that the wedding is off, but 
they are just so attracted to each other that they're naturally standing very close and he just can't stop looking at her. I mean, Kate has a shred of professionalism, but <laughs> Anthony, the gentleman Bridgerton, does not. And Edwina's like looking at them, looking at each other. And she's like, was I really that blind? Like, they can't be away from each other. They can't stop staring at each other. I can't believe I didn't see this before. Yeah. I was blind. Kate is very aware of the fact that Edwina has a broken heart. And she's trying to maintain, as you said, like that professionalism in front of everyone. But Anthony has no chill. And <laughs> even like all the mamas are like, you need to compose yourself. Lady Danbury grabs her cane and like shoos them away from each other. And she's like, distance, get away from each other. Don't look at each other because the second you even look at each other, you just create this sexual tension in the air that you can cut with a knife. And we just can't be having that right now. When this first came out and I was very heavily on Bridgerton TikTok, it was like all the girls reacting to him smelling her. Don't we learn... Some, in one of the episodes that um, she bathes in lily oil and, and that's why she smells so good. And that's like the smell that Anthony just can't get enough of. He's like, lilies. Like it has a <laughs> visceral reaction for him. Yeah. So the family goes to an art exhibition to basically spread the story that like, you know, they just kind of, it wasn't working out. This is in Hollywood when people are like, it's irreconcilable differences and no one's buying it because it was so dramatic. Put this into perspective of like going to a wedding today. Like imagine you are at a wedding, everyone is ready, everyone's dressed and yeah. you know, there's a live band or quartet playing. I got you a gift. Like I right. bought I got, you, I, I went to Crate and Barrel. I looked at your stupid registry. The bride runs away and then a week later they're like, oh, they both decided that they wanted to end this. Like, you would it be was like mutual no way that is not the story like everyone knows there's something more here so the fact that the Bridgertons and the Sharmas think that this is enough of a legitimate reason they're both kidding themselves because it's not you wouldn't believe it for anyone else so why do you, why do you think they would believe it for you so much like Parks and Rec where they planned the Unity concert they plan <laughs> a Unity ball to prove that there's no hard feelings, the Bridgertons and the Sharmas are best friends, and there was never any issues between them. How nice it is to see you both. Though I would have thought you required a respite after the strenuous events of the past week. Oh, on the contrary. Well, I myself am hosting a ball later this week. Have you not received an invitation? Oh, my. Well, I will see if there is still room. We shall have a full house, no doubt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They're bold to throw a ball, but middle of scandal. One of the things that also happens at this art exhibition is Anthony escorts Lady Mary, which again, trying to highlight that family unity, showing that there's no bad blood between the two families. But he does take that moment to apologize to Lady Mary, just own up to like his responsibility of not going through with the wedding. And I like this conversation because... I think it's for the first time that we really hear Lady Sharma like own up to the fact that Kate has had to carry so much of the family's burden. She didn't in a way that she should have as a mother to her two daughters. Like I think she really let Kate step into that role and take control for them, which is why now they 
she feels now responsible for like why they've ended up in this situation. But I love that Anthony's takeaway is like, oh my god, we share family burdens. We share family trauma. We have so much in common. And they really do. They have so much in common for like how much they view taking care of their family and duty and responsibility. They are so aligned in such a way where like it would have been great if last episode Kate had someone to turn to to be a someone of support in the same way Anthony I'm sure would have loved to talk to someone who he feels like can be that supportive figure and I think they do have that in each other but they can't really admit it to one another yet I mean I think one of the issues of them being so aligned and so similar is that they're both so stubborn like yeah. so stubborn and they're just impossible to talk to when they're in a state and this is just it's a state it's a moment. It's a scandal. I've sort of been picturing their whole lives together throughout this time. <laughs> and I'm like, definitely, like, the easiest part is that they're the same part person. And the hardest part is that they're the same person. Yes. <laughs> and they're just going to butt heads. And they're going to challenge each other. And they're going to frustrate each other. And it's just going to be like that. But you just have to love each other enough to not want to be right all the time. So before we get to the grand unity ball the other big thing that happens within this episode is some lady whistle down drama so eloise gets out of promenading with the bridgerton family because she's like oh i'm going shopping aka she's gonna go visit theo but the queen shows up to the bridgerton household because her staff have narrowed it down to Eloise. They think Eloise is Lady Whistledown. Well, because she ran off to a print shop at the wedding. And can I just say, like, the queen shows up in her carriage and, like, makes Eloise sit across from her in her carriage like she's a mobster. Can I just say <laughs> that that was 100% the vibe that it gave? Yes. Like, no one can just get in the car. That's true. Bad things can happen to you in the car or the carriage or whatever. But I was just like, the queen is like Don Corleone. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> No, I mean, everything happens in that carriage because she doesn't waste time. She's like, so, your Lady Whistledown, you have three days to reveal yourself. Otherwise, I ruin you. I ruin your family. I ruin everything you think is good in this world. So, it really is. I know. (laughs) Eloise is just so shocked by this, this threat. She can't even say a word. She can't even find a moment to defend herself. But also, how are you going to defend yourself against the queen? Because the queen is so set of like, it's you, reveal yourself. And she can't be like, no, 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 it's not me. Because the incriminating evidence is she was spotted at that print shop with Theo. Now she realizes, okay, I'm in danger. My family's in danger. Theo is in danger. So she's going into full panic mode right now. She's sort of like, well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I don't know why Lady or why the Queen didn't think she was Lady Whistledown last season. Eloise was on the hunt and how better to throw off the scent of being Lady Whistledown than to be like, I have to know who she is. Who is this woman? You know, like I'd suspect Eloise if I were anyone. So she goes to Penelope and is like hyperventilating and is like, I've got three days to prove that I'm not Lady Whistledown. Penelope feels a huge responsibility here. Like it's not her fault. The queen suspects her friend. She does not want to give up this enterprise, does not want to give up her identity. The modiste, her partner in crime here, gives her an idea about write something incriminating about Eloise because it's very, it's very gossip 
of girl, sort of. Maybe the queen won't suspect Eloise if she writes something really incriminating about herself, you know? Right. Penelope has not been touching the Bridgertons because she is a good friend. She's been touching other people, which is like also why it's so incriminating. She has to a certain degree. She's talked about Daphne a whole bunch last season. She did talk about Colin and Marina and that kind of whole fallout. But I think what the queen has pointed out is, yeah, sure, the other Bridgertons have been talked about, but you, Eloise, you have never been mentioned. Therefore, that's why you are Lady Whistledown. The only reason she commented on the Colin scandal wasn't to ruin Colin. It like her family took a bigger hit from that because she outed Marina and it was because she didn't want Marina to be dragging Colin down into her manipulative schemes. So she's really, you know, there's really only been once that it was hard for her to write the article, but it was to lose the battle, win the war. Like it was sort of that mentality and that's what she's got to do here. And she does because she's the only living soul who really knows about Theo and Eloise. Eloise has kind of been right. Like, no one's really been paying attention to her. No one really cares about her. Penelope sort of agrees that the best course of action is to pull that trigger and out Eloise and Theo in order to prove that she's not Lady Whistledown to the queen. Yes. A bit before that, too, is when Eloise goes to see Theo in person, which is very alarming to Theo because it turns out that people from the palace have gone over to him and started questioning him. So now he is in danger. Theo really highlights to her, like, do you not see what a risk it is for you to come here? I think Penelope also highlighted it to Eloise. You're already a a huge threat to the queen. You can't do this. She goes anyway because she's like, no, no, but it's Theo. You know, we have this connection. And then Theo is mad at her too. And so she now feels like a little bit jilted, a little bit alone and, and unsure what to do. It is this big moment where you see how Eloise does not see her privilege in society. She does not understand like her place and where Theo's place is. And I think that's what Theo is. That's why he tries to like very quickly get her out of there because he's like, you shouldn't be here. I can't be seen with you. If you are, if the queen is threatening you, that means she's threatening me. So worse things could happen to me. (laughs) Eloise goes away. She's still in full panic mode. She thinks like, fine, I'm going to reveal myself to be Lady Whistledown. Like whatever fallout happens, it'll fall on me. I guess that's the one noble-ish thing that Eloise is doing because she's like, okay, everything will fall on me. Scandal will fall on me and I'll protect my family and I'll protect Theo. I think she's really thinking of Theo in this moment. But she actually decides to do a very grown-up thing, and she's going to reveal herself. But as you mentioned, like that's when Penelope decides to do something drastic as Lady Whistledown. Eloise is sort of reeling from her first heartbreak, you know, in addition to sort of being worried about herself and her family and Theo, she's also sort of had her heart broken because she can't see this boy she likes anymore, and... It was so easy for her before and now it's not easy and and he's keeping her at arm's length for a very good reason and she's endangered a lot of people, including herself. As I said, the queen is not afraid to use mobster mentality. (laughs) That night we have our unity ball between the Sharmas and the Bridgertons. Side note, they like painted the floor in this gorgeous design. Do I think that painting it in white would end up getting very dirty at the end of the night? Yes, I do. But this is a TV show and it's very glossy Shonda show. So we don't really get that. But it's kind of weird because they're throwing, the Bridgertons throw balls and people just show up in droves. I'm sure they've got to throw people out. And now 
no one is showing up. They've got all this food. They clean the house. It's, it's a whole shindig and no one's here and they don't know why. And then we actually have this actual moment of unity that's very sweet where Anthony's just decides to get the party started and he asks his youngest sister Hyacinth for a dance and she's so honored because like I don't know I think this is like the closest to like a father-daughter dance that she'll ever get and everyone else joins in and everyone is having a good time I will say when I watched that scene I was like I feel like I can watch the actors like actually having a good time with dancing like it feels like a sort of stolen moment that they weren't expecting and like they all fall down laughing and out of breath from all the dancing and everyone is into it and then a servant is finally like uh we know why no one else is here should our lives be distilled down to the sum total of our choices then miss eloise bridgerton has certainly made a dangerous perhaps ruinous one for she's apparently been associating unchaperoned with improper company Political radicals, in fact. It might be that the young miss spent a great deal of time considering her decisions. Or perhaps they were made in haste. She's mortified. Everyone is like, okay, we need to go back into scandal mode. We need to huddle. We need to come up with a plan. Kate takes this opportunity to run off into the garden all by herself. And who should chase after her but Mr. Anthony Bridgerton? They are in the garden. They are in the gazebo. It's highly romantic with candles and flowers. There is no other course of action to be concluded. You must stop. It has been you. It has been you this entire time. Spinning my world off its axis, making me reconsider everything I've ever told myself. I came here resolved to save my family. Everything I have ever done. Has, has it been for them? You are the one who must stop. Before, Before what? Before we both finally do something for ourselves. And they share another passionate kiss that turns into a passionate night. Like, whatever this fight was, we don't get a resolution. We just get passion. We get our first real sex scene of the season. He makes another I am a gentleman declaration and then goes on to prove how much of a gentleman he is not. <laughs> Clearly, it's like a secret part of the garden because even though it's nighttime, they're still out in the open. It is very public. Cold out there. It's they're not cold. on a bed. They're like on the ground. <laughs> So Anthony wakes up. He's alone. It's raining. They fell asleep together. So it's like it's early morning now. Kate has rushed home. They're both kind of now like dealing with the thoughts of last night of like, oh no, what have we done? We've that line has now been crossed. Like we can't uncross it. This is it. And Kate's very upset with herself for letting herself give in to that moment of passion. But Anthony is like, kind of goes into gentleman mode again, I guess. He grabs the betrothal ring, goes straight over to Lady Danbury's residence to meet Kate. But they're like, you kind of see the servants talking like, um, who's going to tell him Kate's not here? <laughs> so that's when we see Kate is fleeing away on horse in the rain. It is pouring rain. Anthony somehow quickly finds a horse, chases after her. Kate's horse needs to make this jump. Horse gets spooked and doesn't make the jump, so she falls off the horse. Anthony is seeing all this happening and is horrified by it. So she falls off and she's not getting up. 
she's injured did she die we don't know that's really where the episode ends it's just super dramatic we had like this huge moment of them two finally getting together and now we don't know the state of kate's health really dramatic it's looking pretty dire and we've only got one episode left this season so they've there's a lot to wrap up there's the scandal from the wedding eloise's scandal there's the fact that kate is literally unconscious and shonda is known for killing her people Uh, (laughs) what about edwina what about everyone what about lady whistledown what about penelope like there's a lot of question marks here yeah we really thought like the end of the wedding was going to be the height of the drama but we still have a ways to go it was only the beginning all right well we'll be wrapping this up next week tune in next week for episode eight where we will finish up it's our final episode of bridgerton season two in the meantime you can follow us online at the pemberley or if you have comments questions concerns email us at the pemberley podcast at gmail.com 